Welcome, everyone, to the first Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard. I'm Brandon T. McClure, one of the Fake Nerd Podcasts, and I'm joined with Michael Carls of the Downright Nerdy Podcast. There you are. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it. Very Thank excited you. about this. Thank you for doing this. You're the only one who I know who's going to watch the show, so I was like, hey, why not? And actually, as we speak, Riley is watching it right now. Oh, wow. I, yeah. actually, I, I watched it a second time while... Uh, while oh, you're lucky. I wish I could have. Yeah. Uh, I liked it a lot better the second time, I think. Less critical of it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so let's just get started. Um, as you guys know of this channel, if you are fans of the Fake Nerds Watch channel, then we go through episode by episode. So this is basically an after show for Star Trek Picard that he and I, that Michael Carls and I will do uh, every week. Uh, hopefully we can keep that up. There's uh, eight episodes, so I think it should be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's just get into it. Michael, what did you think? Oh, the first episode. So the first episode I saw it one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually pleasantly surprised for what I was expecting of it. Mm-hmm. And for the what I was expecting was I wasn't expecting anything as great as TNG was for us 20 years ago. Um, but I think that I was satisfied enough that um it it uh that it was that it made all my nostalgic uh, feelings come up uh come up and and made me happy enough to and, and excited enough to watch the second episode it didn't it didn't make me hate it is it yeah makes sense right yeah i think uh, i think upon uh first impressions i was definitely more critical of it like uh i mentioned on our last live show that we did that this is the first time the star trek has ever dealt with a, a character that it's already dealt with you know, revisiting a character after uh, right. his story was over. And uh, so on, on that kind of lens, I was very, very hesitant uh, to give this one a shot. But it was really nice to see him back. It was. And, you know, uh, right before I started it up, um, I looked, I kind of, I took a step back. I tried to take a step back. I was talking with my dad and uh, he said, he asked me what it's about. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I was thinking about it and Star Trek, the next generation, Star Trek, um, the original series, DS nine, they're all focused on the places where there'd be a ship or a station and their crew. Mm -hmm. This Star Trek Picard is focused on the man. Right. Yeah. And um, I really loved how they, going back to the nostalgic part, they took some of the best parts of his life from TNG and kind of gave it a modern twist without too, too much of the action stuff that, you know, that uh, I guess you kind of have to have nowadays. Um, I liked the slow pace of it. Um, It reminded me of the old TNG days, to be quite Mm -hmm. honest with you. It felt like it was, it was almost needed, especially, uh, since everything that we've gotten post uh, Enterprise has been uh, very a very fast paced type of uh, um, uh, Star Trek, mm-hmm. and I really like that everything slowed down. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure if um not sure if I'm quite on board right now with this with a um with Star Trek being a show about one person so used to just being a, to being an ensemble cast you know that's my that was my issue going forward with discovery like why i couldn't really get into it was that we we were so focused on michael burnham that i i, I just couldn't i didn't care about anyone else in the cast because we weren't supposed to we were supposed to just be focused on michael burnham 
And Star Trek's always been about ensemble. And, and that's, that's the issue when you bring Star Trek into serialized storytelling is that you have to focus in on one person and you kind of have to take away the episodes that would deal with one person or episodes that would deal with just a random transporter accident or things like that because you're doing a serialized story. So seeing Picard in that situation is a little bit like whiplash. However, though, in in its defense, uh, the thing that will separate it from Discovery is that Picard is a man, is a crew of one right now. Mm-hmm. He's still attempting to build his crew, right? The, yeah. the first part of his crew is going to be probably those two Romulan assistants that he has of some mm-hmm. sort or and or that doctor from the Daystrom Institute. Allison Pill. Allison Pill, yeah. So they may be part of the crew. I, I mean, we won't, we don't know yet, but um, I would assume since they're lightweight big names that they're probably going to be part of the crew. And I think we actually see them in some of the trailers as well. Yeah, the trailers uh, certainly have uh, Allison Pill. Yeah. Um, so I think that the uh, Picard, when when I when we look at the title Star Trek Picard, Picard is what the crew is right now. It's just mm-hmm. him uh, at this point in the in the in the early early stages and um he is the crew so there's really not much else to there's really no other uh character um crew dynamic really to, right. to uh, explore because we're looking at it almost f- through his lens right through his uh through his eyes right so let's get into some of the story beats of what we saw in this trailer okay. uh and this sorry not the trailer the, the show the, the show yes uh we open on the enterprise d and 10 forward yes which was cool. Um, Happy to see that. It was that. neat. Obviously, we know uh, just almost immediately that it is a uh, dream because yes. we see uh, data in the uh, in the newer uniforms from. from yeah, Contact. I wanted to point that oh, out. I as soon as point... we saw that, I obviously knew that this was going to be a dream of some sort. It wasn't right. a flashback. I really um, like okay. how the dreams are are off. Did, like, did you it, notice that the dream? Very, it, it was it was very reminiscent of the dream that Picard had um, in First Contact. A little bit, yeah. They yeah. end in very much the same way. Just almost that like that jump scare toward that feeling towards the end of the dream, right? Yeah, Not yeah. Scare, but yeah. I really like how the uh, how the uniform cues you to the dream being off like it's data in his nemesis outfit not his next gen outfit but he's in the next gen set and the next time we see data he's in his next gen outfit but he's on the vineyard it's really i really appreciate it the kind of like uh how it kind of throws you off and you're like you're, this isn't reality but it's close so it's it, so it fools picard a bit and uh so during that dreamscape it ends with the destruction of mars mm-hmm Right, uh, from the Utopia, the, uh, the Utopia Planitia shipyard. Yeah, exactly. Right, where yeah. the where the Enterprise and actually all the ships that we know and love, they're all uh, created there mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, then he wakes up and he's in uh, his um, bed. Right. Yeah, he's in his bed in his vineyard, and uh, the vineyard has definitely grown since the last time we saw it. Yes. Well, it's been burned down and then kind of regrown, right? Well, it didn't burn down. It did, yeah. So the house. No, they did. No, they died in a car crash. They died in a fire in a car. Uh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check. We'll that. double check that, but yes. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure that's what okay. happened. All right, all right. I'm pretty Cause sure. Because it's because it was just Robert and Renee. It wasn't his wife. Yes, yes. I thought and it was in the barn, but okay. All right. Oh, well. um, either way, either way. Um, it has expanded. 
it has expanded. Yes, it looks quite large. Has a he has a a crew of his own, I guess, uh, helping yeah. him out. He um, he um he's got two Romulans working for him, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to me. That they they, they gave the Romulans Romulans a new newer look. Uh, they don't look not like, not much, not much, but enough for for I think people like us yeah. who are true fans to kind of kind of notice it, right? Yeah, they they they've accented the eyebrows a bit more yeah. uh, than the last time we saw them. A little hairier too. A little yeah, bit roughy, not as uh, you know plastered with the uh, um, the hair gel. Yeah, I wonder if that's just because of they have they are people without a planet. Could be, you know, yeah, maybe. Um, um, so this definitely, yeah. So this definitely does take place after the events of the inciting incident of Star Trek Nine, with the Hobus Star being destroyed. Yes. The Romulan system is destroyed, and Picard, as we as we speculated from the trailers, Picard uh, led the relief effort. Um, now, this was like Starfleet's bad day, apparently, because like yeah. they're ready to do this relief effort, but then the synthetics rise up and destroy the Utopian Planitia shipyards. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I, I do kind of like that Picard was like, Starfleet abandoned these people. But, so uh, just rewind real quick. Uh, yeah. We'll find that out. Um, Picard is about to do this interview mm-hmm. with um, with a Bajoran uh, reporter. Oh, she's Bajoran. I didn't even catch she's that. Bajoran. Yep, she's Bajoran. Um, actually, it's kind of neat. They have a little throwback. So she's a Bajoran and uh, part of I her saw the trill. trill. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of neat. Um, little couple little throwbacks there. Um, and uh, so the his two Romulan assistants assured him that a they're going to talk to you. It's a, it's essentially the anniversary of the destruction of Romulus, a very you know uh, a solemn day, and and uh, we're just you know we're here to uh, you know I just want to interview you and uh, talk to you about uh, you know what happened that day. But she the the her his assistants assured him that they wouldn't talk about his departure from Starfleet. Obviously, what happens? Or she's she dives right into it, you know. After a couple of questions, she's really mean. She is right, and yeah. um, like almost like she blames him for the destruction of Utopia Planitia. Yeah, almost right. Which is really weird. Like she also she treats the Romulans. They're like you wanted to save like, our less, oldest enemies. Yeah, they and treat them like Romulan actual. Um, they're like less than people, right? Yeah. Like, yes, I understand that they may be our natural enemies, but they're still people. Like, even he says it. Like, yes, they're they may be our they may have been our enemies, but they are still people. Right. I really like that line when he when she's like, "You wanted to sa- you wanted to save Romulan lives," and I'm like, "No lives." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wanted to save lives. Um, the 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 Romulan thing bugs me, and you've just recently watched Star Trek Nemesis, so I want so I want to know her reaction to the Romulans. I feel is too too negative because at the end of star trek nemesis the romulans were willing to make peace with the federation there was a peace treaty like they were ready to be like okay let's so there wasn't an actual treaty it was uh because uh the treaty that they had actually uh um sent out was actually a in nemesis at least was at the behest of um uh oh god what what's his name uh, oh no i'm talking shinzon i'm talking about the end when the when the new praetor the girl so the new, so, so the new uh th- that woman right there she she doesn't say that there's a peace treaty but she she does say that uh, uh you have gained a friend uh today yeah and we won't forget it and hopefully we, this could be the first of many right? yeah and i i um, really i really feel like it's strange to kind of be like yeah after that happened 
uh, it was just business as usual. Yeah. Um, I mean, throughout most of Star Trek history, I mean, they have been the, if, if not one of the main antagonists. So it right, doesn't. But so were the Klingons. So of the Klingons. Uh, I mean, but, but actually they were historically, but I mean, for the course of next generation and DS9, we were allies for that. that right. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm talking 12, about. 12 years. Right, that's what I'm talking about with the idea, like the Klingons after their after the destruction of their moon, the Kritimer Accords, mm -hmm. uh, and then the destruction of the Enterprise C. Like the Klingons were ready to like make peace with the Federation; they became allies with the Federation. Why didn't a similar thing happen to the Romulans? Why was the Federation like no Romulans? No, so no, no. The the reason why. Uh, so I, I'm, I'll just kind of play devil's advocate on this side. Um, sure. The with, with what happened with the. Uh, what happened at Kittimer was such a specific um, specific uh, uh, order of events that occurred to get to that point. And who knows what happened immediately after the Kittimer Accords, like how long it took for the event of Kittimer to the Accords. I mean, there had to have been a lot more, a lot more uh, that went on before. It's not like the next day it absolutely, it happened, right? Well, yesterday's that Enterprise talks about what happens after the Kittimer Accords. Not immediately after. It, no, I know, but like the the we, we do have to learn how long yeah. though it happened, how long uh, between that, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, I mean, twenty years does seem like a long time. Where we you would have thought that, like, hey, you know, ever since the the events of Nemesis, um, uh, you know, maybe how, why didn't why didn't just going back to your question, why didn't it uh, um, happen the same way as the Klingons? I don't know. Maybe maybe the Romulans didn't accept the new Praetor. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. A whole bunch. I, of yeah, I know, and I feel like yeah, maybe right. that'll be that'll be explained, but I have a feeling it won't be because I just kind of wonder. Like, it's such an easy thing to do. Let's just go back to the Romulans as villains. Yeah. Let's and, and I feel like a more uh, a more challenging thing would have been to do what they did in Next Generation: have a Klingon on the bridge. Have a Romulan have the Romulans be the allies and then make a new villain, but I mean that's just not the story they want to tell. I, I'll accept that. It's just it just it kind of seems also, weird. Also, a story that has has yet to be told yet. So I mean, we don't know what will happen or who else will be on the crew. Um, maybe it will. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to save my final thoughts towards the end because I have some more thoughts on this too. Actually, mm -hmm. I'm gonna write that down. Go ahead. Uh, yeah i uh so yeah so anyway so the the girl talks about the romulans uh ambushes picard and she uh and he and he uh has a really i think he has a really good thing where he's like uh you don't even know what dunkirk is oh yeah you, yeah i mean like, you don't she, care yeah um he essentially puts her in her place yeah right um and then pretty much just like hey you know what this interview's over i don't I'm not going to humor you with, uh, you know, you watching, getting, getting a rise out of me, getting upset over this. Right. right. So um, what did we think about before this? I'm sorry. Before this, we actually skipped a part. Uh, it was the, um, the girl and his, and her boyfriend in the, um, I just about to ask. is that, is that, was that right before this interview? I thought it was right before this. Yeah, it was right before the interview. Yeah. Because she, right. she oh, sees yeah, him did. because of the interview. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I want to ask, what do we think about, Dodge. Now we don't have to. Go, we don't have to recap the plot uh, verbatim, but uh, I think Dodge was actually a really interesting I loved idea. It. I really liked it because one, I mean, it just threw all of our theories out the window. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which was which was neat. I love it when that that when that happens mm -hmm. in a good way, right? Not in a, in a disappointing way. 
um it was very interesting to me because it it not only the creation of her and her sister is not only interesting in the sense that uh picard will have a deep connection with them via data but um we have a connection with them even from tng fans through uh maddox right through uh, um uh measure of a man season two right um if you remember uh, uh is that the same maddox that's the same maddox yep 100 percent. jesus uh, yeah so they really went hey, back. catch that oh yeah they went back man so uh this maddox is still the same maddox from uh, uh measure of a man who wanted to um, bring data back, disassemble him to see how he ticked and uh, create potentially create more. He finally um, got his wish. Finally got his wish. Um, um, and then, so uh, I, I'm sorry. So actually, those two were actually most likely. What it feels like they uh, they're trying to insinuate is that those two were created without the approval of Starfleet. Is that what it? Is that what oh, absolutely. Yeah, they were they were created either during the ban or after the ban. Um, and like the whole the whole thing where she's just like you're telling me I'm a soulish murder machine like that's so disheartening because Data was he had a soul. Well, you see that I mean that's kind of what can happen when um, you know an entire one specific event could happen you know a, a devastating event like that mm-hmm. from that point forward. I mean, if you didn't know anything about them, that's the one thing you're going to go to, right? Yeah. It's right. just, it's just, it's just so like I can see why Picard's frustrated because he's just like, well, she even asked him like, hey, did you ever lose your faith in Data or Commander Data? And he says never. Right? When and I, then, yeah, I want, I love his character, I love his acting in that moment because he, from that whole point, he's like really stressed, kind of like playing with his, kind of like playing with his hands. He's like really irritated. Then, she, then she asks about Data, and he's reassured. He smiles, but he's like, never. But never. let me ask you this, so. Because of Patrick Stewart's Patrick Stewart's age, there was a little hint of me wondering if he could still pull off that very um, um, authoritative Picard that uh, we all know and love. Mm-hmm. And uh, when after that uh, interview, I was he's back. I was I was extremely happy. I think uh, it comes and goes. It does. It will come and go. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, he's obviously more frail. He's pulling. He's not only pulling from TNG, but he's pulling from Logan too, as uh, mm-hmm. you know, the frail uh, Professor X. But, um, but you know what I'm saying though, like, it, like we we it we we kind of got got that back a little bit, yeah. we, you know, got I all the like, out. Uh, and that, that's the that's the that's the kind of the that that's kind of the problem when you're doing like a like a, a, a series focused on one singular character, because we've only really gotten Picard in an ensemble. He's never really had to carry a full a full thing by himself so we're actually seeing new things that we've never seen a hit of him before we're seeing him be a little bit more vulnerable. uh a little bit more vulnerable we've never seen him be be vulnerable except for that one episode family yeah um so we've never really seen him kind of go between vulnerability and then the sternness of picard and so it's it's interesting the, the line that patrick stewart has to play playing this character in ways that he's never done before and I think he's doing a great job so far because there at no point throughout this entire first episode that I think that we are not watching Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I really like the the little I, I really I, I really wanted to say that I felt this episode at least didn't play too heavily on nostalgia. And I appreciated that. It had just enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um that they didn't yeah, it wasn't vomited on, right? Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I think it was enough. And you know what I'm very, very curious about, and I'm really excited for Riley to finish up this episode. Um, I'm curious to see how this show um, will be received by people who are not Trek fans, who have never seen Trek before, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, she has seen a couple, but not from like a very beginning uh, type of thing, right? Yeah. And she said that she was interested in watching this just via the trailer. Well, one, she's also a big uh, Patrick Stewart fan, but um, uh, it actually looked interesting to her, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm actually very, very excited to hear her uh, hear hear her take on this. I would be yeah. too. Yeah, would be definitely. We'll let you know, and if if possible, maybe uh, maybe next week uh, after episode two, maybe I'll have her come in for a cameo. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I wanted to say that. Um, so you remember Data's original daughter, Lol? Yes. Yeah, so this would be her sister, essentially. I like the little exactly. bit. Yeah, it would yeah. be. Oh, almost, yes. Uh, yeah, it would be her stepsister I, or uh, half-sister. Yeah, I really appreciated how he how Picard said, uh, Data always wanted a daughter. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. And um, so Picard goes in goes to Starfleet because he needs to go into his... Goes uh, to the museum. Right, goes into his museum, right, which is located at Starfleet Academy or real close to it. It's in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco. Um, Oh, uh, the, 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 the cityscapes felt very 24th century to me in a way that yes. the original series yes. it did, it looked, looked more updated than the TNG that we saw. Yeah, uh, that budgetary reasons, but like I, I kind of, yeah. I, I mean, I saw, especially for me living in the Bay Area and I could literally, I literally look at San Francisco almost on a daily basis. It's kind mm -hmm. of neat seeing that. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I felt like that was really cool seeing that the, that the, the city looked like like it was in the future, yeah. whereas in the original Next Generation, they really didn't have a lot of budget to play with when it comes to like city. So I thought that was cool. I like that. I did too. Um, so he goes to after after um, Dodge comes to visit Picard at the winery asking for his help. He automatically, you know, believes her, uh, or at least believes that she believes that she's in danger. Mm -hmm. What the, the words that he says um, notices the necklace. Uh, obviously, as soon as he we see him look at the necklace. It, it means something that we yeah. don't know yet at this point, which we find out later in the episode that she's a twin. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she runs off for a little while and then he goes to, um, he has a dream. He has another dream of that's, the when Data, that's, yeah, that's when Data's painting. And, uh, you know, uh, we see him be like, uh, Data says like, would you like to finish it, Captain? He's like, I don't know how. It's like, that's not true. What did you think of Data's look? I mean, it's. I mean, Brent Spiner's getting old, man. I mean, it they, is what it they is, did, you know. They, they didn't, didn't CG they, him, but they didn't CG him, and um, you know, I mean, I, I'm not mad about it. I mean, it is yeah. what it is. I kind of, I know, I know they did touch up and CG some of the wrinkles on his face. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish they went. They had the budget to go a little bit further and actually make yeah. him look like he was younger. Yeah. You um, know, in, in all, in all fairness, though, um, in the painting scene. They did CGI his um, his midsection because he is a little bit chubbier than he actually is in that in yeah. that shot. But um, yeah, I mean, I do to be honest. With you, I mean, just getting Brent Spiner back, I'm happy. I mean, yes, yeah. he's not going to look exactly the same, but at the same time, like, okay, it's it's. I'm still happy that he's. I do have a question, back. Allison Pill. Allison Pill, who yeah. works at the Daystrom Institute, and I really I really liked her character. Um, yes. I thought she played really well. Uh, she implies that through Dodge and her sister, Data could still live. 
could we be seeing Data's resurrection in the series? Do you think? Um, I while I while I want to say yes, I almost hope no. I hope no too. You know, uh, that I mean, as it would could, because anytime you bring somebody back from the dead in any franchise, it takes away from that initial, like I guess the meaningful way that they died. Um, yeah. The uh, uh, now it, the one thing that I wouldn't mind seeing is maybe if uh, she has some like something similar to what Wesley Crusher had with his dad, maybe a holographic image that just says like, Hey, you know, Hey, I am your father. This is, uh, what I do. This is what, this is what I strive to be. You know, uh, my, uh, my hopes is that you are able to do the same, blah, 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 you know, something like that. I would yeah. be happy with that's fine. Um, maybe, maybe like a, a, a reasoning as to why, she, why she is, why she exists along with her sister. Yeah. Um, it maybe. feels a little, it feels a little strange that she, could look like a painting that was painted 30 years ago. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, there's something so, there. So the painting um, was uh, Maddox knew about. So he. Uh, but so, how? So do, if you remember in uh, um, a, a Data's Day, I mm -hmm. think it was season five or four, um, he, the entire day is, uh, is, or the entire episode is through the lens of data. And it's, uh, and it starts out with him writing Bruce Maddox, uh, a letter and it's, he, 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 uh, frequently corresponded with Maddox to help further his research. He just wasn't ready to, for him to actually go and get disassembled yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm assuming that through his correspondence, he may have shown him pictures of things that he painted because we all know that data was a painter, right? Mm -hmm. um so that could be something and i'm sure while it's not uh, fully explained in tng i'm i'm full I, i'd probably be very confident in saying that um maddox knew that he created lol right yeah. um and so maybe uh once the data was destroyed maybe maddox almost felt like uh he had a duty to his newfound friend maybe or colleague that maybe he would create the daughter he never could the daughters he never could maybe i could be into all that. big maybes i love speculating but of course, yes, of course. Big maybes. <laughs> i could be i could be into that i yeah. want to touch on i've talked a little bit about uh on our live shows uh of the star trek countdown comics to the original uh jj oh, abrams film yet oh you mean the countdown ones that i have yes yeah yeah so the original jj abrams films um in that it, they say that b4 was successfully overwritten by data's Neural net, neural net. So they and, retcon that, right? Which they retcon that, which is strange to me because Kurtzman wrote that comic. Well, maybe what's his name had a little bit more influence than we thought. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. And so I just, I, I think it's interesting. Like Sparks asked me um, uh, last week that could Star Trek Picard retcon any comics? Generally speaking, all comics are not canon. Uh, the TV show, it's a, Gene Roddenberry said that all of the shows are canon. Uh, so I, I can totally buy that it was never canon, but it was also marketed as the first in-canon comic. So it's a little strange to be like the person who wrote it also retconned it. Well, I think that if you look at the uh, kind of like, I guess, um, areas of, um, of uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a, of a word right now. Um, 
priorities. Mm-hmm. Comic book, it would probably be the most easily retconned, then probably novels, and then probably, you know, other TV shows, and then, yeah. you know, whatever. That's how so, the Star I mean, Wars hierarchy goes. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah. if there's a comic book where they're like, ah, you know what, we're going we're gonna to retcon that now. We're changing yeah. that. Because that's really well, also, Picard in that is an ambassador to Romulus and not a not an admiral. Exactly. So there's a couple things yeah. that are that uh, are um, changed. But, yeah, uh, it's just it's just kind of funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really, I really like uh, Picard dealing with the Romulan relief effort. I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant about the, 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 the Romulan strike force. Yes, uh, gosh, that was very reminiscent of uh, Jason like Bourne. Their version, huh? Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne, or their version of their Section Thirty One, whatever. I can't remember what the Romulan um, Tal Shiar. I think that's like their new that that was their version the Tal Shiar. Yes. Uh, section 31. That's a Tashiar's um, daughter was part of that. Uh Tashiar's daughter was part of that and also um uh Deanna Troy was able to infiltrate as a Tal Shiar. Yeah. Or, that was a good episode. That was a good one, right? Yeah. I can't remember. I can't believe I remember that. That's awesome. Um but yeah, so th- I mean that that could be like their new version of the Tal Shiar which to which whatever government that they're I guess a part of now um yeah so uh so now we get to like the like the mid the the i guess the uh bread and butter or the mean oh, bread and butter is fake nerd so uh bread and butter of the uh of the midsection of the news of the, show. <laughs> uh, the they uh she find she somehow is able she has like all these new abilities she doesn't know what's going on because she doesn't know that she's an android mm-hmm um, so after her boyfriend gets killed by the the Romulan, she almost gets captured, but then something you know clicks, and she's able to kung fu her way out of that. She Jason um, Bourne's her way out of there. Jason mm-hmm. Bourne's her way out. Um, which I mean, I get like so. There's a lot of like Jason Bourneing and and uh, matrixing, like in this in this uh, uh, not a lot, but just from her in general. Yeah. I like the actress, and I was actually shocked that she died. Oh yeah, so was I. Um, yeah. However, uh, I think I mean yeah. Th- some will argue that like the the action and and the the phasers and all that stuff, it's needed to draw in some crowds who want that action. But I still think that it didn't take away. From, I still think it was a good slow episode, despite mm-hmm. those those two couple of action scenes. Um, and um, I don't think it took away from the story at all. Um, yeah, I won't disagree with that. I do just want to. I do want to talk about my biggest issue with the with Star Trek Picard, and this just happens to go inside with all of Star Trek currently yeah. on the air. Okay. Um, the spirit of hope and exploration, and the idea that we can be better, uh, is missing from this because, and I will say, uh, because this this episode. And the reason, the biggest issue I have with Discovery was that Star Trek isn't supposed to feel isn't supposed to feel cynical. Yes, it, it reflects society, but in a way that says, "Here's where we are. Here's where we're better." And now, several times, yes, yeah. And now Picard is entering the cynical era of Star Trek because our world is more cynical than it ever, than it was. So Alex Kurtzman decided to mirror that, and I think personally wrongly. Um, so I, I'm a little hesitant and I'm interested, I'm intrigued to see where it could go because it could find that spirit again. But as I said before, uh, 
I don't think Star Trek is supposed to feel cynical, and this and this show so far felt cynical. So I agree with you with eighty percent of that. Sure. Um, everything that you said after uh, hope, uh, because I do believe that hope exists in this show. It's just a different kind of hope that I think that we're used to exploration and all that, and and the non cynical thing. Yes, I, I agree. Um, if you remember in. Um, Episode one of Star Trek Next Generation, Q tells Picard, you are not meant to explore the stars. You're meant to explore what it means to exist or or, or the meaning of existence. Uh, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it had to do it, it very much tied into his relationship with data and data being either property or sentient being um, and. Uh, it was it it felt very reminiscent of uh almost a destiny that picard was almost uh, always meant to fulfill via q mm -hmm. uh because q i mean time and space that doesn't matter he can go to any time and in any space or whatever and um for him to kind of say that makes makes me think like oh okay they're almost they're not they're they're taking a lot of what happened in that first episode of tng and bringing it in into um uh into the first episode of picard um and when, when i say that uh, i believe hope is here it's uh hope is dodge's sister is data's daughter mm -hmm. trying to show the universe that hey androids are not all that bad like she is the hope that uh picard is going to be chasing yeah I, I yeah i can understand that i can understand that but it's, but that's a you're right in saying it's a different type of hope but as i mentioned on our last live show that we did um when you are constantly fed a a a different star trek like i said uh, most of the modern era of star trek has been very subverting of the tropes of the franchise um, and you know what? It's an old franchise. It's due for some subverting. But when you're only subverting and, 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 and constantly just trying to find different ways to turn it on its head to let's make a cynical trek. Let's make an evil Starfleet trek. Let's make a let's make a mirror universe trek. Like, you know, if you're constantly being fed one type of trek, it becomes to redefine what Star Trek is. And I think that's what we're experiencing in the modern age. And I'm not saying, and I don't think it's a, I think Picard is a symptom of a larger thing. And so I'm not throwing it all in Picard. I'm just saying modern Trek is, is becoming this. Now, do you think that, I mean, cause I, I'm tending to agree with you. Do you think that, um, we are just maybe too stubborn and wanting to change. Yeah, there's a could be an element of that. I'll admit, um, there, there, there is certainly that. I hate change. I, I, I hate change. That, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, it's, fine. It's, I, 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 I do that. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of more like, it's not so much that I dislike change because I'll admit, I'm, I'm like you. You want to change James Bond and. Uh, I'm a little hesitant of, of any change that comes to Bond, uh, for example. Um, if you want to change Star Trek, yeah, I'll be a little hesitant towards that. 
but a good story for me generally prevails. Um, so if it's a good story, I'm okay with that. The stories, as we've seen so far, is that um, is that outweighing what you're seeing in in Trek now in modern Trek? A little bit. I haven't. The, my it, my biggest criticism one of eight, right? Right. So my my biggest criticism with the with more. right. My biggest criticism with the episode is that there's still just a lot of lingering, uh, not necessarily the questions, but story. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of story yet to be revealed to us. Yeah, and, and I don't mind that, especially because um, I'm. I was really hoping that this wouldn't just jump off, and we'd see him helm the helm a, uh, um, a captain's chair at the very end of episode one. I was hoping for just this that it's going to take time to build to that point. Yeah. Um, no, I get you. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. It, I'm more hopeful for episode two than I was for episode one. If that yes. makes any sense. Yeah. All right. And I, I want to just to piggyback off of the a little bit more on the resistance to change thing. I kind of feel like if this was the first Star Trek we got, yes, yes, and we didn't have Discovery, but I think um, I'd be a lot. Of, I'd be a, I'd be way more interested. I almost think that this could even be a response to Discovery as well, too. We'd have to wait that, and see, but I yeah, can see how it could be. Yeah, we'll. we'll, we'll well, I, I mean, like I said, I have more hope for episode two in the future than yeah. um, like after seeing episode one of season one of Discovery, I was not hopeful for season two or for yeah. episode two. Like this is the complete opposite. Like, OK, I'm like, all right, well, episode one really impressed me in a way. And I mean, my my expectations were low, yeah, lower um, than uh, than Discovery or um, anything else. But uh, because and also for the fact that I, like you can't. You can't you can't do any better than TNG in my eyes, um, you know. Uh, and so to bring bring something so sacred back, I'm I, I was hesitant about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, I get that. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I wonder I wonder if I'd feel this way if we had a more traditional Star Trek show on the air right now, and this was the spinoff, or Discovery was also the spinoff. Like now we're getting I just you know now we're getting a Section Thirty One show and. You know, I've seen two shows now that have an quote unquote evil Starfleet. Now I'm going to get a third one about evil Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 too it's Star Trek. I shouldn't feel like it's cynical. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 but at the same time, like like conflict and cynicalities, they it sells. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, true. How, they, that's how they're trying to get these especially movies. in today's era. Yes, yeah, right. So um, I'm very, very, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested to see what she thinks about it. Me too. Um, I am hopeful for uh, episode two. So. And I'm, I'm interested ranking, to know where it goes. Yes. yes. Ranking over the past, what, uh, six months, um, episode ones, uh, Mandalorian episode one is above. <laughs> Star Trek uh, Picard episode one, but Star Trek Picard episode one is above Witcher episode one for me. I just yeah. finished episode five. I really like it. Of Witcher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually I finished it the other day. I, I was I was uh, um I was pleased with it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I mean I'm like thinking about like all the big shows that have been coming out, right? I think this has to be among one of the one of the bigger shows, especially that's that 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 has at least been marketed um from uh, from a huge franchise, right? Yeah. 
yeah. or network. Um, so, I mean, among that, I think it, it, it holds up to uh, the standards of, of those other two shows that I mentioned. Yeah, it definitely has my interest. I am definitely here uh, to see the, to see where it goes. Um, and it's, like I said, it's nice to see Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard again. It is. It is. Man, he's he's moving slow. I hope uh, hope he's all good. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear? And we'll talk about it on this week's episode of Fake Nerd Podcast. But Whoopi Goldberg's Whoopi, coming back yep, for season Whoopi. two. Yeah, maybe coming back for season two. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, for, for a split second there, um, I actually thought that maybe Guinan's race had some kind of like weird trill effect where maybe she was now in the body of this new young girl and i was like oh mm-hmm. no it's data okay oh yeah yeah <laughs> I, I I get that. for just a split second especially when she was saying like do you know me i feel like you should know me or i know you and i'm like is this yeah is this like a new version of Guinan that we don't know about you know but funny if it was dax oh that would have been neat <laughs> if uh, it was the next dax yeah yeah that would have been um, funny yeah I, I still want ezri dax to come back I know, I know. Twenty years in the future, yeah, she'd 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 still be around. Yeah. Might be a captain. Might be a captain. Yeah, might be. Mm-hmm. Who knows? She could be all kinds of things. Um, we still have yet to see uh, uh any uh, anyone else from the cast like uh, um, Riker or Troy. Yeah. There's also a bunch of stuff in the trailers that uh, are at uh, Starfleet Academy or Starfleet uh, that mm-hmm. we haven't seen yet. Um, his uh, interaction with uh, probably someone in high command. Uh, yeah, what do we what do we see in this episode that I want that you just reminded me of? Oh, uh, we didn't talk about the Borg cube. Um, ish. <laughs> the Borg cube ish. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Borg cube. Yeah. So uh, the very end of this uh, uh, the last scene, we see uh, the Romulan, um, the bearded Romulan guy. He's walking through. Uh, you know, it looks like a Romulan outpost somewhere. And um, we see him talking to uh, Dodge's uh, twin sister mm-hmm. um, who apparently know, she seems to know a lot more than she, than her sister did. She knows she's a twin. She knew she was a twin. Um, she looks like she had already been uh, very, uh, um, uh, she, she looked like she's already been uh, uh God, what am I thinking of? She's she's already in her position at work, you know. Yeah, I want. I really appreciate that the actress. Yeah, I really appreciate that the actress uh, played it differently. You know, I felt like they were two different characters right away. I, I thought should, that was really cool. as they should be because uh, in their eyes they should be two different people. Unless this one knows that they're an android, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I, I think she is I also think so either. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we do. We know a little bit more about what she believes is uh, about the necklace, right? Yeah. She believes that it's a, uh, it's, it's from her father. That uh, is for her and her twin. Yeah. Um, we learned at the Daystrom Institute that that actually meant something else. Do you recall what that was? I don't. It was, a, it was some Trekno babble. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was great. I missed it. Um, I missed all that babble. Um, like I really, uh, I, like, I, I really like one of my favorite parts was Jordy. Jordy talking because everything he said made no sense to me and I love yeah. it. <laughs> I uh, I just want I do want to go back to uh I loved the scene at the Daystrom Institute with Allison Pill. That's my favorite scene in the in the episode when she shows up and she's talking about like you know it's like uh can you is it possible to make a synthetic out of flesh and blood? It's yeah. like short answer is no. What's well, the long answer? It will also be no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked it. Yeah, she 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 was very, very good. Um, I'm really excited to see more of her. Me too. Um, Me too. 
so anyway so yeah so they're talking so they're talking um they have a uh this is one scene that i wasn't too fond of on the male romulan um side of it the acting side or the 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 dialogue side of it um apparently these two just met for the first time and all of a sudden he wants to kind of uh, uh give him give her uh a look into his like very personal past and i'm like no but that doesn't seem realistic nobody just goes up to somebody who they who they first meet and talks to talks about their their well past, is... i mean she he's trying to manipulate her i, I understand that yeah. too um just seemed a little fast for me i, I don't know but i mean i'm like i said i'm not going to hold it against the entire show or episode because it really didn't matter it was just a little tiny quirk for me nothing crazy sure but obviously the big reveal for that scene is like okay they're zooming out they're zooming out you see a couple romulan new updated romulan ships of some sort Birds uh, of prey. zooming out zooming out you see some walls that look kind of eerily green keep zooming out and then all of a sudden it's the board it's a bo- uh, a modified board cube that, yeah. uh, that is uh, a con- looks like a converted that has been converted into a, um, a Romulan reclamation site. Reclamation site, I guess. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and so there are human. Notice there's a couple of freeze frames that I saw people posting about. Um, there are some uh, empty Borg. Uh, oh god, what are those little sleeping cubicles that they? I have? don't remember the name. Yeah, but I know what they are. There and it looked like the some of the Romulans were running tests on them, uh, which is yeah. Kind of interesting. I, um, I I find it interesting. So there are humans working there, which means that this this has to be if not Federation, then then a joint effort um, to help the Romulans in some way. This is some this is in some way uh, a good thing. And who knows? Maybe that maybe some parts of uh, the rescued uh, um, Romulans that whoever was able uh, that whoever Picard was actually able to to um, save, maybe they actually became part of the Federation after they. Uh, who, who knows, right? Who maybe, knows? maybe. So. Uh, yeah, I think a solid start. Very solid start. I'm very I'm very happy about it. I'm hopeful for the future. Yeah. For next week, I am, I am certainly intrigued. And uh, even though I'm paying the five ninety nine uh, a month now for uh, CBS All Access, I haven't finished Discovery, so I'll I'll do that. I got now. I feel like I got it because I need to make this five ninety nine a month worth it. <laughs> exactly, I gotta watch it. I still haven't watched the shorts too. I want to watch that other short too. I recommend the Giacchino short. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah. after that, uh, somebody said, or you said that um, the 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 Mars incident, or the Children of uh, Mars. Yeah, the the Mars. Yeah. Incident. I want to watch more of that so yeah so that'll do it i guess for this episode of fake nerds watch uh join us next week michael where can there you are where can they find you oh they can find me at the downright nerdy podcast you can find just type that in somewhere either on the youtubes or any possible any podcasting apps and you'll find us i'm also on the instagram and the twitters but i don't really twat very often so just do, do the instagram that's good enough for me um uh but yeah you uh youtube and all this stuff uh, we do a lot of uh um, other things on the YouTube's um, movie reviews and uh, um, you know unboxings and live shows and yeah, it's combined. Very cool, very cool. Uh, and as I you. said, thank you for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Um, and as I said, uh, I'm from the I'm from the Fakner Podcast. If you are on this channel, then just click that subscribe button, like, subscribe. Uh, Michael's uh, information will be linked below. 
Um, so definitely check all that stuff out. You can find me personally at BT McClure and you can find our show on fake nerd podcast on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, wherever we are, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, this week we are talking about the current state of DC comics. And we just put up an episode of doomsday clock and crisis of infinite earths. So one thing I just realized in this universe of star Trek Picard, both Romulus and Vulcan are destroyed. Are they? No, Vulcan's still Is around. Vulcan's in this still around? Yeah. Okay, so Vulcan was destroyed in the J.J. Abrams universe. Yeah. Got it. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So, but it, the two universes are missing one. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hmm, uh, so that'll do it. And then until uh, until next week, guys, uh, live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs>